0: How do you choose who to trust doesn't it usually come down to personal connection then why do only 25 percent of people trust a real estate agent when our job is all about connection sounds like there's something missing here at story real estate we're looking for people with integrity and a willingness to serve others when people get to know you in this career they should discover a genuine and helpful person who can guide them through tough times if that's you join us today I'm Chris Carpenter, the owner and founder of Story Real Estate. Click the Learn More button and let's see if we have a career you'll love.
1: Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politics on the Fight Lab Feast Network. It's it's like Finance Week at Crossroads. It's something. something. Yeah. We, we're talking a lot about money, and economy, and gold. Federal Reserve, Federal Reserve stuff that like making me my mind hurt a little bit. Yeah. Trying to understand everything. Yeah. We got you guys. Got to stick around because we got Rod Martin, who's been on the show 120 times. Yeah. Something like we that. Stop you know? counting we after 50. Go, the number stopped. keeps going yep, up. Keeps going up. And, unlike his elevator. <laughs> uh and he got <laughs> kevin freedom uh freeman from the economic war war room uh on the show he's uh in texas but from oklahoma i just got to state that up front so why does kidding. that matter it, it matters for it matters a the true game. blood texas yeah.
2: <laughs> a bunch of people just turned off the show yeah, like, yeah never mind <laughs> no. summer's been great here at cross politic and we want you to join us on the ride first Ooh. um we're no longer calling it our fight laugh feast club it's now called the pub, the Fight Laugh, Feast pub, pub TV. Second, we've launched a new line of content focused on family entertainment. We actually have a brand new show hosted by our very own Gabe the Waterboy from Texas, not Oklahoma. You got your own show yet? And it, no. Huh. Uh, it's called This America, uh, This America, ooh. which is apparently all about Texas. I assume. Yeah, <laughs> like keeping them Okies out of Texas. <laughs> but, Border Patrol. Um, and uh, and someday <laughs> yeah, I, hope, I, work to I hope to get to watch that show that I helped. Wait, you still produce. don't have a? No one's let me in. I can't get in. Okay, this I'm, is a joke now. No, it's. Oh, I mean, I, no, this I, is a joke. I keep saying like I, I seriously would like to log in, and every time I log in, Gabe, it says before what? the show we're, we're, we're sorry, right. you can't log into this. There's already an account apparently, um, and, I, and then I'm like, okay, and I. Give them my email address, and they say, "Here, go reset your password." And they do, and then they say, "Sorry, there's our." So none about
0: how great the app is. Send <laughs>
2: <laughs> me, me that email. Forward me that email. Okay. We also have fixed. a new series called Rowdy Christian Guides, highlighting <sighs> the practical guides to fun and godly life. Carter. Additionally, we have Carter. What
0: is the Rowdy Christian Guide up yet? Oh yeah. Okay, he's work is right. coming, coming. he's just done though. Yeah it's okay. done. Yes. Like, like we're doing like like,
1: smoking, like 10 minute, 10 minute
0: smoking clips. brisket. Yeah. We're doing like everything. Shooting guns, yeah. ties, oil, yeah. how to tie tires. A tie? Yeah. Oh, and bro. doing everything okay. everything. okay. Everything.
2: Someday I hope to be able to watch those too. Um <laughs> our past conference talks are up there, um, all bundled within a brand new polished Fight Laugh Feast mm. app. I mean, I do have the app, and the app is slick. Good. Yeah. Woo. I just can't do any of the member stuff yet. But if you sign up today, hopefully your experience is way better than mine. <laughs> oh, Head on over goodness. to fightlaughfeast.com and join
0: the pub. That's fightlaughfeast.com. Mm. If is- you're a sponsor, doesn't that ad just make you want to have Pastor Toby read it? I mean, doesn't <laughs> it? I mean, woo, he's so good. Mm, hey, awesome. like
2: Gabe said, we're grateful to have with us two guests on the show coming, zooming in from Florida and Texas. Kevin Freeman is founder and CEO of Freeman Global Holdings. And a New York Times bestselling author, he's founder and chairman of the NSIC Institute, a senior fellow of the Center for Security Policy, co-founder of the Adam Smith Foundation, and advisor to the National Federation of Republican Assemblies. Oh, okay. And the author of the brand new book, Pirate Money, which yeah. is why we want to talk to Kevin today. Also, it's basically a defense
1: of the uh, Federal Reserve. Is it? Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> I bet. I bet. Also grateful to have with us our good friend, Rod Martin, who is going to have the first Baptist church on Mars.
1: Yes, he is. Do it
2: now. He's That's right. Also, founder and CEO of the Martin organization, Martin Capital. Is
1: he's a- got to get past that elevator problem. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he first got to solve the elevator problem. Before get on. But he's going to get to Mars. <laughs> he's going to get to Mars.
2: <laughs> also, a technology entrepreneur, futurist, hedge funder, Fund manager and thought leader and activist from thought. beautiful, Destin, Florida. Kevin, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Rod, thank you.
3: Oh, thank you. First, let me say uh, I am from Oklahoma, but actually from Creek Territory. I'm Cherokee. I was born on a reservation. Oh wow! And and my great 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 however many aunt was Sam Houston's wife. Oh, Cherokee wife, yeah. and so. She just didn't want to come down with him, and so they separated. But I do have Texas ties in my blood, and my mom was born in Texas, so I've I've got some Texas in me. Okay, does that help
1: at all, Gabe? He's just a little more confused, man, than I than I realized <laughs> in the first place. And uh, so, mm-hmm. Rod, great great to have you back as well.
4: Yeah, I'm just saying I love Texas and all, but you guys need to come to the free state of Florida. <laughs> hey, man,
1: any like most governors beat our governor Abbott pretty hands Dad, down. He's, hands
2: yeah. Down. Uh Kevin, um it's not hard. The book is called Pirate Money. What is Pirate Money? Where does that title come from?
3: Well, the title comes from this, uh silver pieces of eight and gold doubloons, which is what the founders of this nation considered the only real money. They refused to to use the farthing uh, or the pound from Britain as their Form of money, they instead chose the word dollar, which comes from the Spanish milled dollar, which means it was a produced silver coin, 0.77 troy ounces of silver. And it was milled, meaning it was made on a machine with the edges around it so you couldn't shave off a little bit of silver. But that is also known, AKA a piece of eight or a Spanish real. That's where money comes from in America. That's what money is supposed to be, gold and silver. That's what the founders believed it was. So we use the term pirate money. And by the way, uh, the founders of this nation were considered pirates by the British. A perfect example, uh, John Paul Jones, the founder of the American Navy, is still to this day listed in in, uh, the British Navy as an American pirate. Hey.
2: Nice. You know, um, I'm uh, I'm actually related since we're doing family history here. Awesome. Uh, my great 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 uncle mm-hmm. was Sir Francis Drake. Yeah. Sumter Drake the Dragon. My grandma's yeah. maiden name is Drake. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and he was a, he was the the English. He was an English pirate. But you know, yeah. But uh. But you know that was that was he was he was he would have been with us. Yeah. When we when we started breaking away.
1: I think my ancestors had like blue paint on them or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And run around naked. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Adam not, not was impressive. My, uh,
0: Yeah. My forefather. Adam? Adam. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, And I, Noah. Don't
3: forget Noah. Yeah, no, that's
0: true. So I got to. I just I'm wondering. So did you guys write this book together or is this? I'm trying to figure out how you guys are connected. What's the connection between Rob Martin and Mr. Freeman here?
4: Well, there are tons. You just you just mentioned, for instance, the National Federation of Republican Assemblies. I used to be president of that. Um, I'm an advisor to the NSIC Institute. Kevin is on the investment committee at Martin Capital and on the board of uh, a company that we are about to take public called the Martin Capital Acquisition Corporation. And um, we're friends going back decades. Okay,
0: Yeah. Okay. So so, I was just trying to figure out what the dynamic is. Go ahead.
4: Right. No, I'm just saying I did. I didn't co-author this book at all. I did blurb it. That was kind of cool. But but yes, we're working on this project. Uh, Together, This is an important project. We need to reestablish sound money. There is a constitutional path to doing that in Article 1, Section 10. Kevin has pioneered this. It's brilliant. It is well established, not just in the Constitution, but in Supreme Court rulings uh, over the years. And it can be a powerful tool to reestablishing not only a degree of monetary sanity, but Money is an actual store of value at a moment when the whole world is moving toward uh, a central bank digital currencies, which will be vastly worse than anything we have experienced yeah. so far. What, what can you, can you guys,
2: one of one or both of you, um, I'd love to hear what is that constitutional case? Um, Article one, section ten, you say um, that gives a, a constitutional case, a constitutional path for reestablishing um, a, a gold standard.
3: Well, and let's be clear, a gold and a silver standard, and the constitutional case is is that when the Continental Congress was formed, they produced continentals. They were supposed to be backed by silver. Uh, so you could exchange a continental for one or more. Spanish reals or silver mill dollars, like I've talked about. Uh, Under the Articles of Confederation, we had a a plethora of money types. We had states offering their own money. We had foreign coin. uh, We had federal coin, everything about it. And in the Constitution, they wrote that uh, no state can emit a bill of credit, which would be an unbacked paper dollar, and states are only allowed to make gold and silver coins tender in their state. So the federal government could coin money, absolutely, and, and the Congress has done that and they set up the Federal Reserve System to allow the, them to print the Federal Reserve notes that we have. But a state can only make gold and silver coin and the intention of the founders was very clear. Governor Morris got up and gave impassioned speeches. If the federal government goes off the rails and produces this unbacked paper money that almost ruined America the, under the orders of Confederation, then states have a right to make gold and silver coins tender within their state to protect their citizens and and give us sound
1: money okay so um, Kevin I was uh, reading your book last night and like, sometimes uh, I'm, I mean I'm just slow let's just put it that way uh, <laughs> you uh, it seems so states can't print dollars they can't print notes correct correct states can you know print like a Idaho gold coin um uh, you know mint. Uh, or mint mint yeah not we print, don't print. Mint, mint an Idaho gold coin or a silver gold coin that's legal correct?
3: Actually, technically, uh, the Constitution says that the state cannot coin money which is an interesting conundrum how do you not coin money but you make gold and silver coins tender and the reason the constitution was specific saying they could not coin money was they did not want it debased from the international standard which was silver real 0. 0.77 ounces of fine silver or mm. gold doubloon which was a specific amount ounces of gold okay so a state cannot coin money but they they can make gold and silver coin in other words it has to be pure gold and silver the fear was that they would do to the coin what the federal government has done. And it used to be that your dime contained silver. There's no more silver in a dime. They're they're reducing the amount of nickel in the nickel. Uh, So state cannot coin money. They've done it. And but it constitutionally, there is a there is a limiting factor there unless they make it to the international standard. They're not allowed to coin.
1: So, I, I, yeah, here's where I think I get confused is what's the difference between like coining money and tendering money? Is that is that is that the distinction you're trying to make here?
3: The tendering money is you're making it legal tender that under the law, you have to accept it. That's legal tender. Coining money is the process of putting base metals along with precious metals. And that's called debasing the coin or debasing the monetary system. That's where we get the term, adding base metal to uh, gold or silver. From the founder's view, gold and silver was is and always will be money and not only that from the biblical view from genesis to revelation the concept of gold and silver as money is there
1: okay rod i'll, I'll get you in here in just a second um uh, so you're saying that a state cannot coin a money that's I mean mix, mixing metals to make a coin but a state can you know mine gold out of their their um mines and then turn that into a pure gold coin is that correct
3: Well, the founders actually were talking about using silver reals, pieces of eight, um, also Spanish mill dollars, they're interchangeable terms, and gold doubloons. So a state can make real money legal tender and can force the public to use real money as legal tender. That was the intention of the founders. Rod's got to, you know, the first person I call, why is Rod here? Because the first person I call when I started thinking about this 15 years ago When I saw the dollar coming under attack by foreign nations, when I saw the debasing of our currency by our own country, you know, we had $10 trillion in debt 15 years ago. We have $33 trillion of debt today. First person I call one of the smartest people I know was Rod. In fact, the only interruption I took in writing this book, in two weeks I sat at Liberty Hawk Ranch and wrote a chapter a day. I interrupted it for one purpose, and that was Rod flew in, and Rod and I went in, to convince the state treasurer of Oklahoma, Todd Russ, that this is what Oklahoma should do. And so Rod, the reason I brought Rod into this is he's brilliant. He understands the Constitution. He understands how monetary policy works. He knows money. And so the two of us have actually been making the case – Rod went with me to the state financial officers foundation and the two of us made the case there for sound money in the state. So Here, Rod
2: actually got Gabe. He, he just told you the Okies are going to beat the Texans on, on real money. I know. Um, Rod, I want to, I want to hear um, what, what, what are is you, that
4: case? What,
2: what's that? I, I want to hear what
4: that case, yeah, what, yeah. what case did they make? Yeah, to yeah. Oklahoma? Rod, Rod, I'd like yeah. to hear from you. Here you go. So, but fast forward, all that 250 years. Where we are today is you need something that doesn't lose 87% of its value since 1971 when Nixon closed the gold window. That's the dollar. The dollar has lost 87% of its value in my lifetime. Two-thirds of that is since 1982. So it's not just a 70s inflation thing. It is a slow, steady drip that robs the dollar of any semblance of obedience to the law requiring honest weights and measures and what that means is the poor people get hurt more than anybody because they can't keep their money in dollars and have any chance of of keeping anything there's this huge inflation tax over time and rich people really aren't subject to it because as uh, though it does affect everybody if, if you have a little more money, you can balance that with investments. There are a lot of ways to hedge against inflation that simply aren't available to a line worker. So it's essential that we not rob the poor. And what we're looking at here is a way to do that. So Texas created something a few years ago called the Texas Bullion Depository. Mm-hmm. They don't have to go mine gold because people will store their gold with the state of Texas, No doubt actually guarded by Chuck Norris or somebody cool and (laughs) safe way to store your money. What Texas can then do is treat that like Fort Knox and they can issue a currency in the form of gold or silver. Doesn't really matter which. And that, according to an 1868 Supreme Court case that Kevin can tell you about, has been already held by the United States Supreme Court, to be something you can denominate either in dollars or by weight. So you could have a gold or silver currency that's denominated rather than in $100 bills or whatever, instead in ounces or fractions of ounces or something like that? Well, that's infinitely divisible. That's much, much more useful. But wait, there's more, because we also have Supreme Court precedent on point that you can issue what amounts to a warehouse receipt for that, and you can exchange those warehouse receipts as though they were the gold or silver itself. Oh, well, we could do that electronically. So now you have an electronic currency that is 100% backed by gold or silver in a state bullion depository, such as the one that already exists in Texas. Now, this is where the legal tender part comes in. If it's legal tender, American Express and Visa and all those guys have to take it if they want to do business in that state which they of course have to. So now your credit card company is converting this gold or silver currency to dollars or to pounds or to euros the same way as when you do international travel. You don't have to change your money at the airport anymore. You just present your visa in Paris or Tokyo or wherever, and it automatically changes. You never see it. And the fee on that is very small. It's much better than what you're used to from years ago. So, so oh, because it's legal tender, you solve that problem completely. It doesn't matter whether the local uh, store takes These digital Texans, you know, if you want to call them that Mm -hmm. doesn't matter because American Express will handle that for you. Oh, wait, there's another thing with Bitcoin, every single transaction because of the fluctuation in value and the fact that the Treasury treats that as a commodity and not a currency, every single transaction is potentially subject to capital gains tax. Not so if it's legal tender under the U.S. Constitution. Mm -hmm. So you now actually have a legitimate U.S. currency that is 100% backed by gold or silver. It can be handled electronically. It already utilizes the entire existing global financial infrastructure. And suddenly, everybody has a currency that is a store of value, is an honest weight and measure, is biblically sound, is constitutionally sound, and it completely eviscerates the modern monetary system. Okay,
0: so there's so much to on that. I, I want to go to the subtitle of the book is Discovering the Founder's Hidden Plan for Economic Justice and Defeating the Great Reset. Right? is that what, I guess I should ask Kevin, yeah, is, that, is that what you're talking about? Is that the plan, that right there for defeating... The Great Reset?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I spoke with Justin Haskins, who wrote, co-authored with Glenn Beck, the book, The Great Reset. And the bottom line is, is it doesn't work unless they have an enforcement mechanism that they can use. I mean, historically, tyrants come in and they just kill everybody that opposes them or might consider opposing them, and they just murder them all. But with modern technology, they can just silence them. They can cut you off Facebook. They can cancel your bank account and they can control your money. And that's the key. And if we can prevent them from controlling people's money, we can defeat the Great Reset. But going to the second point, economic justice, Rod mentioned it. I had a client who passed away and she left three rolls of gold coins in her safe it was worth about $50,000 and the offers we got for that gold were 42,000, 46,000 dollars 49,700 so we took the 49,700 and it was a process of 8 weeks for her to for us to get the money out of that safe and into her heirs' hands and writing checks and everything else. Well, if you're a poor person and you happen to have an extra thousand or $2,000 that you've saved up, you can't afford to put it in gold and silver and hedge against inflation. Because what if the washing machine breaks down or your car breaks down or your kid needs new shoes for school or whatever, so you will just continue to stick with U.S. dollars? That is not economic justice. Rich people can protect themselves against inflation. And as Rod mentioned, the average person has. No clean or easy way to own gold. If you could own gold, though, by telling the Texas Bullion Depository or the Oklahoma State Depository, "Hey, here's a thousand dollars. Hold it for me in the form of gold or silver. And if I need it, I want to be able to spend it with a debit card." That's a whole lot easier than using an actual piece of eight or an actual gold doubloon that I have. So, as Rod mentioned, the Bank of Kentucky. Uh, In 1837, issued certificates. This is a 12 and a half cent note that was exchangeable for one of those pieces of eight, one eighth of a Spanish mill dollar. This is the way to make gold and silver affordable for the average individual so that they can spend it. It's affordable and it's useful as money. That changes everything and creates economic justice as opposed to locking people into money that's going to be used as a control mechanism with CBDC or just simply an inflation mechanism that's going to rob poor people of the little wealth they have. So, yes, it defeats the Great Reset and it brings economic justice.
2: Um, Rod, uh, Kevin said a minute ago that you – just recently joined him during the writing of the book, and you guys went up to Oklahoma to present this um, uh, to lawmakers in Oklahoma. Um, what's the what's – the, that go? And what's the feedback you've been getting? Is this are, – are people actually listening? I mean, what, what are the um, – what's the argument against this? What are people saying, like, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who are not excited about this. There are probably certain, um, you know, central banks and things that are really not, uh, not excited about this. But what's the argument against this, and how has this been received?
4: There's really not an argument against this, except if you don't want this to come into being for some reason that's honestly nefarious. There's, there's no harm to the dollar other than kind of making it look bad. It's not like the dollar isn't going to continue to be the global reserve currency. It is certainly possible that you could have enough adoption by private citizens and companies of this new currency that the dollar's position could be threatened but that's not on the horizon I shouldn't think uh this is this is basically good for everybody it, it doesn't hurt anybody except, one class of people, which is the people who want to use a central bank digital currency to be able to control what you purchase, when you purchase it, how you purchase it, if you're able to purchase anything, which is to say the people who would like to impose a social credit score system on you through stealth. Mm. Those people have a very serious problem with this, but that's not who we're talking to first of all because they don't really have any say over it this is constitutionally permitted this is actually more constitutionally sound than the US dollar which is not authorized under the constitution it's a federal reserve note it's it's a completely new creation uh, of our government as of a little over a century ago and second The people we are talking to are state officials, uh, legislators, state treasurers, and so forth. They all see the benefit of this. They see the opportunity, for example, to be able to take tax payments and, and fee payments and so forth in this new currency at a discount potentially to the public because they know if they hold this currency over time, they are not losing their value. It is it is a huge boon over a relatively short period of time to whoever holds it. That is that is an extraordinary thing for the poor, but it is an even bigger thing for people who want to hold some sizable amount of cash for any period. It really enables that without inflation hedges. It's it, it, This will create massive wealth over a period of, say, 20, 30 years. <laughs> And and, and
2: are the folks in Oklahoma, I mean, they, are, I was going to go. Are, are, yeah. they, are they
4: biting? Are they
2: going to present this? Are they going to work towards this?
4: I think that's probable. Uh Our reception there was very strong. Uh, our reception in Texas has been very strong. They already have the Texas Bullion Depository. I think there's a pretty decent chance we could move legislation uh, in a special session in the near future in Texas. Uh, there's been a lot of support in both houses there. Uh There's a lot of support in several other states. And I think a, a coalition of states that are Involved in this collectively, would be a tremendous hedge against that CBDC that a lot of us have been very publicly worried about because what it does is it shows a way to have a digital currency that isn't micromanaged by the Fed, doesn't have all the traps built into it that the Biden executive order has planned for us very openly, very publicly. People just aren't reading it. And so you have a competitor And that gives leverage to the good guys in Congress to say, wait, we're not doing that. Look at this thing that Texas just did or whichever state or states. You know, uh, this is how you do a digital currency. This is the right way. And so as with everything else, when we are seeking to restrain evil and advance righteousness, a lot of that process in a fallen world is about throwing sand in the gears of the enemy. If you can slow them down, you can get the message out. You can actually preach righteousness. You can actually call for repentance and you can actually get a hearing. But you need time because the enemy moves quickly. And this is designed not only as a positive reform in and of itself, but it is absolutely sand in the gears of something that's moving alarmingly quickly. And we saw how the central government Actually, all of the central governments around the world, except possibly Sweden, installed a tyranny on us very rapidly in 2020. Yeah. This, The CBDC thing is one of the most crucial next steps for that. And and this is a huge hindrance to that effort. It, it would make it much, much harder.
1: So, again, I'm um, um, trying to connect all the dots for me here. Uh, basically what you 're arguing for is to you know use like the Texas gold depository use uh, basically like gold banks gold and silver banks they they house real gold real silver, and then you um create a credit card off that gold and that allows debit you card. a debit card off that gold thank you um and that allows you to actually do microtransactions, um right all but it 's all based on the gold it's not based on the dollar it, oh, it's what? Bre-
4: based on, uh, and Kevin keeps correctly saying both gold and silver, but let's just call it gold just for simplicity. 100% backed by it. Yeah. You would be transacting in fractions of an ounce of gold. So it is it is 100% sound money. It cannot be otherwise because the constitution only authorizes that. You're, the state's prohibited from issuing anything but that. Uh-huh. It can completely electronic because of the Supreme Court cases that established that. And once you're good to go, the debit card is really cool and that will happen. But I'm telling you, the beauty of this is because it's legal tender, all of your credit card companies are going to have to use it and change your money just like we do from dollars to pounds or pounds to yen or yen to euros. It, it permeates the entire global finance system
3: almost overnight. And you can do peer-to-peer transactions so I can pay in gold and they can receive in gold or they can have it translated, as Rod mentioned, uh, by the, the comp- credit card companies, they can translate it. Bottom line is, is that you will then be able to price anything in an ounce of gold or an ounce of silver and and make all your determinations, all your purchases based on that completely legal. And if you want to... Under the law that we propose in Texas, you can show up in Leander, Texas, at the bullion depository and say, you know what? I don't want you holding it for me anymore. I want you to give it to me. And you can take it out so that you can physically have it because it is a 100% real. When you go to buy a gold or silver ETF on the commodities exchange, you don't have that privilege. You don't have the option of showing up and getting your money out of it. They tell you there's that many pounds of gold there. Uh, t- troy ounces, pounds, or, or, or tons of gold that they have on hold for you, but you never see it. Nobody ever sees it. So you don't know, and it never goes anywhere or does anything. This is actually a monetary system as the founders envisioned, adding modern technology that's proven commercially. There's a group called Glint Pay. You can get an app on your iPhone and you can go and buy and gold right now, today. Add that app to your phone, send them some money, and they will hold it in the form of gold and they'll let you spend it when you want to. But it's not legal tender. And it is taxable, just like Rod said. So it's lacking two characteristics. We're pulling what the founders did with modern technology, bringing it together. This is more revolutionary than what Rod did when he was on the PayPal team at the beginning, where PayPal revolutionized e-commerce. So this is the huge thing. For America. That's why I wrote the book, Pirate Money. And if you read the book, it really does explain it in detail. Start to finish, legal, constitutional, practical, how it operates and answers all the objections. I'm really proud of the book. you got to buy the
4: book. The book is killer. It's a short read. It's brilliant. You really got to get it.
2: How are you paying for your health care and how's it working out? That was gold.
1: <laughs>
2: if it's working perfectly, great. If not, then listen closely because I have a solution for you, a biblical solution. Samaritan Ministries is a community of Christians who pay for one another's medical bills. Here's how it works. When a medical need arises, you choose the provider that's right for you. You have a say in the treatment that you receive, even if it's a non-conventional approach. Your medical bills are then shared with fellow members, and your need is covered not only uh, in, in its cost, but also in prayer. It's affordable and you can join anytime, even today. So learn more at Samaritan Ministries.org slash crosspolitik. That's Samaritan slash
3: crosspolitik.
0: Hey, Kevin, tell everybody where they can go and get the book Pirate Money at right now. Where's the best place to order it?
3: You can buy it on Amazon or you can go to PirateMoneyBook.com, which will link to Amazon. You can pay it forward. You can buy a dozen copies or 10 copies and send them to legislators or tell us to give them to legislators. I really want people just buy one copy and read it, actually read it. Uh, if you do, if you, I can get you to read the foreword by Nick Voicich, you'll read the uh, the introduction. If you read the introduction, you'll read the first chapter. If you read the first chapter, no one I've met has has read those three and not finished the book. And I'm telling you, the response I get is, "I had no idea. This makes perfect sense. I'm willing to quit my job and come help you make this happen because this can save America." I'm getting, I had a guy that's well employed. Who is a top jeweler in the in the country? He he's coming out to hear me speak tonight, and he said I I'm ready to quit what I'm doing, and what he's doing is very important. I'm ready to quit what I'm doing and dedicate my life to seeing this enacted. It, it, read the book; it, it will convince people. I'm can I believe that? Well, you're wrong
0: about and- one thing. They they need to also buy the book for their congressman, not just for themselves. Send a copy to your congressman, and maybe you guys can come out to other states and get maybe get this ball rolling because this That's is right. i really I, everybody's talking yeah. about the problem i we've heard about the Great reset yeah. we hear What's all the, the problems, solution but yeah. i've really enjoyed reading you're right if you read the beginning mm-hmm. you'll read all the way to the end and i love the solution that you guys are setting forth here in the book Roger, did you want to say something before we go
4: i mean the other the other piece of this is as a consumer This is an entirely market-based solution. It requires government to sponsor it because that's necessary to avail ourselves of the constitutional protections and of the tax benefits and so forth. But as Martin Capital, it makes very little sense for us to hold gold in most circumstances. It it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. There, there There are use cases for that, but it's generally not helpful. This completely transforms that. To such a degree that we would want to price things in gold, we would want to primarily accept gold. We would want to discount things to be able to receive yep. gold. Yep. And works in a way at, at the state level where we hand them a $1,000 or a $1,000,000 or whatever, and if they don't have that much gold, they just take those dollars into the spot market and they buy that much gold, and it's delivered to the Texas Bullion Depository, yep. and now they do. So adoption is super simple anybody on earth who wants to transact in sound money will have an easy easy transparent to the end user way to do exactly that from this day forward it is transformative Mm. That's great. That's really good, gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming on Cross Politics. Go get the book, Pirate
0: Money. You know where to get it, Amazon. Pirate Money. That's right. Get him that book. Yeah. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics.
5: Hi, I'm Luke Ritchie. Wrong timeline. Okay, that's better. Time travel mechanics can get a little bit tricky. I'm Luke Ritchie, Chief Visionary Officer of Gravity Jack. In 2009, we founded Gravity Jack and essentially patented AR. What I'm about to tell you about is a vision that was 14 years in the making, War Tribe of Vinyaman. This is a game that feels so real, it might be. It's a genre-defining game for AR and mobile and the Apple Vision Pro. We've integrated artificial intelligence not just into the characters in the game, but actually in the business model of War Tribe. So I love augmented reality games. They're one of my favorites. Uh, But the problem is, it seems like they've added AR as an afterthought into the game. What if you sat down for 14 years and planned the entire thing around augmented reality? Games make a ton of money. And typically that money doesn't end up in the pocket of the players. We intend to change that. Lastly, and this is important, half the world has never and never will be targeted by big tech for an AI natural language processing engine. We're definitely going to change that. War Tribe of Binyamin has gameplay like you've never seen before. We have portals opening everywhere, we have holographic communication, but what's really cool too is the world of 2133 is accurately geo-overlaid on the world of today. We're laser-focused on ROI for our shareholders, which is you. One of the things we're doing that's super unique that's never been done before is taking 10% of in-game revenue monthly and giving it off as a dividend. The other co-founders and myself We started Gravity Jack in 2009, but in 2007 we'd actually sold our company to a gaming company. We've hired the best of the best in terms of game development. Our director of development, product designer, are all veterans in the gaming space. Uh, And not only that, we're going after a market that's gigantic. We're combining four huge major markets, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, translation, and gaming. uh, All for a combined market value of 1.85 trillion.
6: Our incredible history has led us to be experts in mobile development, augmented reality, AI, gaming, and computer vision. It's been a wild ride here at Gravity Jack. A benefit to being so early on in augmented reality has led to a robust patent portfolio with active revenue and more to come. We've had the privilege of working with clients such as Oscar Mayer, Kraft, Lincoln, Samsung, T-Mobile. We've also worked on non-lethal Department of Defense contracts as well. We were a reference developer for Meta on the Oculus 2 directly, creating a game where other developers look to our source code for best practices. Early on in Gravity Jack's history, we did a game for Double Down Casino, and at the end of that contract, it was grossing $35 million a month. Our robust history has led us to be experts in augmented reality, AI, gaming, computer vision, and mobile development. Play to earn opportunities for the impoverished create an AI language model for unreached people groups, allowing us to have an eventual monopoly on speaking to half the planet. Our focus is shareholder dividends, immediately after the game and into the future, to create a game that's gonna blow the world's minds. And we're pulling people out of poverty and into productivity. So what's the ask? Join the Binyamin. Hi, I'm Luke
3: Ritchie. Again?